host, Sean Aaron, and welcome to Them Boys Inc. Podcast. This show is a platform where trans men of color voices can be amplified as we share our transitional stories and many other issues that are relatable to trans men of color in our existence. This show is not only to amplify our voices, but to raise awareness and conversation around our lived experiences. Hey, so my next guest I had the privilege to sit down with is a husband, an entrepreneur, a trans activist, and a cannabis influencer. Within this episode, we talked about in good detail, too. We talked about the cannabis industry. We talked about entrepreneurship and living life as now a black man, identified as a black man. This is a really good episode. Um, I I tend to say that this is a really good episode, but I, I think that one thing to touch on is how, like, our stories are different, right? We're not all the same. Uh, we all have different experiences. We all have different previous lived experiences and different lives, right? We may go through the same steps to get to certain points of where we are now, right? When we think about transitioning and, and this is not for everyone though, right? So to be, to identify as being a trans man, you don't have to start T, you don't have to have top surgery. You don't have to do, have any gender affirmative surgery. You have to do none of that at all. Right. But I think that folks see if you go down that path, right, you start T, you have gender affirmative surgery, you socially transition. And like, we think that the end point is all the same and that's not true. Right. There are some things that are different in our stories. And so one thing about my story, like somebody listening, my story may resonate with you. And then to somebody else, my story may not resonate with you. But then for the guests, you might resonate with one guest or two guests or three guests or all of the guests, right? So it's very important that as trans men of color, we come here and we share our stories and our lived experiences, right? And so I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Sean Aaron, the host of Them Boys Podcast. Are you enjoying the podcast so far? Great. I'm glad that you are. Would you consider donating today to help support the continuation of this podcast? As you know, this podcast aims to serve as a platform to highlight and amplify the voices of trans men of color and share our transition stories. The podcast not only aims to amplify trans men of color voices, but it also raises awareness around our lived experiences. You would like to donate? Where can you donate? Great. I'm glad that you asked. Link in our description will take you directly to Network for Good, whom we've partnered with in order to collect donations for the podcast. Or you can visit our website on the website, click the donate button. And from there, you are able to donate directly to the podcast. All donations are tax deductible. What does the donations go to? Oh, I'm glad that you asked. Your donation will help to support our production costs. We are working with Jasmine from Pink Lady Productions that brings you this awesome content. And also, we pay our guests an honorarium. Pay our guests an honorarium? Yes, we do. Why? Because as trans men of color, we would like to support and uplift each other and honor the time that's given out to come here and share their stories. So if you love this podcast, share and donate. See you on the next episode. Take care. Welcome to Them Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Aaron. He, him, his. My next guest is a husband, an entrepreneur, a trans activist, and a cannabis influencer. So welcome to the show. Appreciate that, my boy. (laughs) For sure, for sure. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Well, I am Uncle Bob, uh, Sub 716, Bob, however you call me, (laughs) whatever you know me as. 
from Buffalo, New York, upstate New York, but currently in the Carolinas. It's different out here. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm it's wondering different. about that. What's different it's about di- it? It's different because, like, I don't know. From First of all, back home, we just had that Buffalo blizzard. Like, I'm used to the cold, cold, cold. They be up here like, it's cold. I'm like, girl, you, you put some shorts on. It's still a little hot outside. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's just different. And everything's far. Everything's far. Like, everything, like, 30, 45 minutes. I be like, dang, man, I ain't trying to go nowhere. This why I keep my butt in the house. Yeah, I hear that. So is it 35 <laughs> minutes in traffic? Y'all have traffic out that way? Yeah, we got, well, definitely, I say, like, it's certain areas. Like I said, I don't really be out here like that, like that. But I definitely um, you know it's one spot. It's like East Independence is one road. And when I say that thing be backed up like crazy, uh, I be like, golly, I hate to be having to go somewhere coming up that street, real stuff. Yeah, I hate traffic. Traffic irritates me. It, it irritates yeah. my spirit. I mean, I live yeah. in the Bay Area, so it's traffic everywhere you go, even if even it's a five-minute drive. Yeah, it's traffic every damn where. And it used to be a point where you could just get in the car and go. You're like, all right, I'm going to go at 11 because that's when it ain't going to be no traffic. That yeah. time don't exist anymore. It's just it traffic no matter when when you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's just the, just the, the weather that gets you and, and how far things are. What's, what's something else that's, yeah. not, that's mostly different? Nothing? Uh, no, not really. I mean, there's some good eats out here, of course. You know, you got your Waffle House, you got cookout, and I'm just some late night eats. But it ain't, I don't know. I for real for real, I really say to myself, in all honesty, I don't really like to do too much. And I even go for when it's when when it comes to the community, like I, I can't tell you nothing really much mm-hmm. about the community out here. Cause I really I say to myself, because it'd be too much sometimes. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so so the name Bobby, how did that choose you? Honestly, before I started transitioning, when I was still she, a girl came up to me in school and she was just like, you don't look like my birth name. You look like a Bobby. And people thought that was so funny. And they actually started calling me that. Like, it it became like a nickname out of nowhere. And I remember when I first started transitioning, I thought I I I wanted my name to be Malachi. Like, it was just, I was... I was all over the place. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be Bob. Bobby. That's, that's one. They've been calling me this. It ain't going to be hard for nobody to, you know, switch over and try to remember a name. Now, nine times out of ten, if you didn't know my legal name, you knew me as Bobby. <laughs> so she pretty much for she uh, broadcasts that your future, really. She foretold your future. Kind of. Yeah. And this was in high school. I wasn't even thinking about you. I didn't even know transition was possible mm. back then. You still talk to her? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. I don't. I really don't. Oh, Jesus, Lord. Oh, okay. That's problems. <laughs> I see that face. Never mind then. Never mind. Because I was going to say that'd be good to be like, hey, by the way, you know, this is my name for real, for real now. I go by yeah. this and you, and you inspired that. But if yeah. you don't talk, I wouldn't even encourage it then. Leave it, leave uh-uh. it as it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> So um, tell us uh, your transition journey from beginning to where you are right now. Oh, Jesus. Um, I started transitioning in February of 2016. And like I said, in the beginning, I didn't even know it was possible that 
you know, you I you, I knew you could go from male to female, but I did not know it was possible to go from female to male. And when I did, I was I'm not gonna say so intrigued, but I was eager to get information. I was on YouTube like crazy. Google, I'm looking up people, find them on YouTube, find them on social media to really like see the transition. And then my wife, at that time, she wasn't my wife. She was just a friend. She had someone that she knew that was really close to her. And he had started transitioning. So I had him too as like a mentor and, you know, telling me about stuff and, you know, things of that major and he's really close to me now like that's like my brother you can't tell me that's not my brother you know what I mean so with that and then actually because I was back home in Buffalo they have a research center called Evergreen and it's like a LGBT clinic um research uh, resource center and I went there and I'm just like I don't even have insurance but I'm intrigued and I, I this is something I really want they set me up with insurance set me up with the mental health, set me up with the um, the doctor to start hormones and get tests and all of that. And ever since then, it's been cool. I mean, you have your ups and downs when it comes to it. And in the beginning, I was very like on that roller coaster of tea because I didn't know I had to figure out my balance. I was taking like, one ml every two weeks and I would take it and when I took it I got if I felt great that first shot but after them two weeks it slowly started coming down now I'm like oh my god like you know what I mean I'm I'm feeling it so I had to really talk to my doctor and tell that and then he switched me to 0.5 every week and it's been more of a like a consistent for me consistent uh, flow for me so that's been pretty good and then when it comes to uh, socially transitioning because people don't like to speak on that mm-hmm. and that is something that is very important and it is very it's very it can be hard it can be hard especially when it came for me in my case I was I can say I was one of the first ones in Buffalo to do it socially and on uh, social media, and people could see it. And at the time when I started transitioning, I was I was over five hundred pounds. So during that whole thing of me transitioning, I also had weight loss surgery as well. And I will say this to all my bigger guys out there: that weight do matter when you transitioning. I feel like I wasn't seeing any changes when I was bigger. And that's another reason why I did have weight loss surgery because, well, two, one of the reasons why I had weight loss surgery, one of them being top surgery because my doctor, I had that one year, my doctor was like, I'm going to be real. Ain't no surgery going to do top surgery on you too big. You too much of a high risk. I'm like, all right. But at the same time, my body was producing too much estrogen. And no matter how much testosterone was pumping to me, it was killing it. That estrogen was eating it up like it was nothing. So it really wasn't getting into me how it is now when I don't have all that weight on me. But socially doing it, it was up and down. 
up and down. Some people accepted it. Some people didn't. And it's not for the week, I tell you that, because I done lost some friends, cousins, aunties, because they still want to misgender and want to make jokes and things of that nature. And I'm firm in who I am. I'm very firm in who I am. I get this might be who you used to know, but this is who I am today. And if you respect me like I respect you, my pronouns are he, him, and his. And my name is Bob. Simple. But yeah, I say give people time. And for real, for real, when it came to me, when it came to that situation, the only person I gave time to was my mother. And I and I gave her I gave her a lice by the time. And to be honest with you, I am proud of my mom. <laughs> like to this day, she calls me her son. She don't let nobody say nothing different. He, him, his, all that. So if she can get it, anybody can get it. <laughs> okay, come on. <laughs> I got you. Let, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go back for a minute. You said that when you first when you first learned about transitioning, you had no idea that it was possible from female to male. What was that moment or that shift or when or when you gained that knowledge and you figured it all out? I was ecstatic. I was happy. I'm like, I can actually be comfortable. Like I will be able to be the person I always knew. You know, I'm not crazy. I'm not going crazy. I'm I know I'm born a female and I always want to be a boy. But I'm not crazy. I can beat this boy. Like, real life boy. Facial hair, voice deep, no chest. Like, I can really be this boy. It was happy, man. I was happy. Happy as all get out. (laughs) How'd you figure it out, though? Did somebody tell you? Was it something that you Mm -hmm. read or what? I really want to say I possibly seen something on Facebook and somebody was like, FTM. And it had a picture of them in the past life. And it had a picture of them to this day. And I'm like, wait, is that is that his sister? Like, I'm 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 confused. I'm like, what, what is this? So I see FTM and I looked it up. And I said, I put FTM, what does FTM mean? And it said female to male. And I'm like, huh? And then I start reading the definition. I'm like, oh yeah, went on YouTube. FTMs. I'm like, yo, what? This is crazy. And that's man, that's where it started from. I'm glad. I'm glad whatever that moment was, that moment that you received it, that you able you was able to take it and, and end up being who you are today. And it's not even about sure. being who you are today, it's just like being authentic and how you already felt in the first place. It's just being yeah. able to show it outward, right? For um, sure. So another thing that you said that you was over 500 pounds, congratulations to the, to the yeah. weight loss. Right. So I know, I know when I was getting ready to have top surgery, I, I wasn't, I wasn't 500 pounds, but I was, I was overweight. And so the doctor mm-hmm. made me feel like shit for one of like, Oh, you need to lose weight before you had this top surgery. I hate that. So any doctors that mm-hmm. listen, stop telling people that <laughs> like that's that hurt. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, what this weight got to do with me wanting to be who I want to be? I mean, yes, it has its medical implications, right? But at the same time, it's like, just don't say that. It ain't right. So what I what I'm trying to say is, what would be your advice to someone that's like, you know, I'm a larger person and I want I, this is a goal that I have for my life. What would be the advice you would give? I I hate to tell people like go get weight loss surgery, but if if you have tried, because I'm one of them people that did try. I did Weight Watchers. I did no carbs. Like, I literally was doing all these diets, personal trainers, all of this stuff. 
and it wasn't it wasn't coming off and to be real with you I was a very active heavy set person I was a a CNA on a long-term dementia care unit working 12 hours a day at the time I lived in this little uh studio that was up on the fourth floor no no elevator had to walk up all them stairs every day did not drive I didn't drive, caught the bus to and from work. Like, I I wasn't lazy at all. I wasn't sitting at home just eating. And I used to party like it. What? <laughs> <laughs> Maria, I used to party too. So it, it just wasn't coming off of me. And I was just like, you know what? If this going to help, what do I got to lose? I might as well. And to be honest with you, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made because there was things that I couldn't do like because of my weight and my size. And, you know, to this day, I've been able to do things that I thought I would never be able to do because of my size. You know what I mean? So, Hey, man, even going to old Navy now and getting clothes, that's the, that's exciting. <laughs> For real. Yeah, that's no I used to joke, have to though. go to DXL. I used to have to go to DXL, pay $60, $70 for some off brand pants. Yeah. Just a pair of pants. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely been there. You know, when you go into that one store you ain't never been in before and you like, Mm -hmm. I I can fit a shirt in here. That's it. Just it just hit different. You know, I mean, it's different for somebody that ain't never been there. And then all of a sudden you could go in there. It definitely hit different. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you so your mom is is very supportive now. What what was her switch? What do you think switch for her? Um, honestly, I feel like her switch was seeing it, seeing me transition, seeing me go from she to he and the company I kept, if that makes sense. Like everybody around me was supportive. Nobody misgendered me. So like if she was to be the one around and she was to call me she, she would be looking stupid because everybody be like, who, who are you talking about? <laughs> Cause she's done that before. Yeah. And that's why I say that. Like she's done that before. And everybody's in it. Cause I was, I had a weight loss surgery. When I had weight loss surgery, I had talked to all of my doctors and told them prior to, you know, um, my legal name is, but this is my preferred name. My pronouns are he and him. I'm transgender. You know what I mean? And they were very respectful of it. The doctor, the nurses, everybody knew. And, um, I want to say my mom came in and she kept calling me she and my passing. And when she said it, everybody was like, who is she talking about? Like, who is she talking about? So I feel like that one situation, plus she sees it. And every time, she, oh, you look just like your dad. Oh, you look just like your dad. <laughs> so I feel like she really, she sees it. And she's just like, I can't, like, I'll be lying to myself. I know when I had my top surgery, I didn't allow my mom to come see me because I didn't want her to be misgendering me. So she asked me the night before. She was like, I'm coming. I'm like, no, you ain't. She's like, well, why not? Everybody else going. I said, yeah, the people that's going are, are loving and supportive to me. I don't want to hear that that she all damn day. I don't want to hear yeah. it's my day and I don't want to focus on me being misgendered. I don't want to focus on an anxiety of you. No, you ain't coming. Yeah. So I didn't let her come. I she was kind of butthurt about it. And she has slowly shifted and changed over the years of where she don't, she don't say he though. I ain't going to even lie. She won't say son, but she also won't misgender me. She'll just call me by my name or she'll just oh. start talking and that'll work too. 
yeah. that's cool with me. Yeah. You know, however, however yeah. it works for you, just don't fuck it up, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's get into this. So in 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 the introduction, I said that you were a cannabis influencer, right? And you're also an adult herbalist. Please speak on that. Speak more on that. Cannabis. Cannabis is a powerful, a powerful herb. I don't even like to say drug because it's not a drug, y'all. Well, so it depends on how you look at it. Um, I am a medical patient as well. So I do know the medical side of it. I have anxiety and PTSD. And I just, I don't know. When it comes to cannabis, it's just a love. Like I've never seen something bring so many people together and it not be no issues. You know what I mean? Like a room full of stoners is love compared to a room full of alcoholics. Mm. Real, like real stuff. That's real. You think about it. Like real stuff. And I tell people all the time, listen, they sell alcohol and tobacco to us legally once we become a certain age. And we know for a fact, alcohol and tobacco will kill us. Why do you think they're making us fight so hard for these cannabis, for cannabis to be recreational everywhere? Because it's not killing us. It has, it usually goes medical first. And when it goes medical, it's because it's helping. Cannabis is helping with Crohn's disease, cancer, AIDS patients, anxiety, PTSD. The list continues. The list continues. But they're holding it back. Why? Why? Because so, it's helping. Because it's really helping. Hmm. Government don't want us to don't want us to get help, especially not from no weed. Hmm. And then for real, for real, the only reason why they are going recreational now to this day that I feel it, the government doesn't see how lucrative this industry is. They thought they was getting something from the hustlers on the street. Let's legalize it. Do you know how much they getting? And then when you legalize it, you got to pay taxes. You got to pay state taxes and federal taxes. Yep. Mm. All that. All that. Is it legal where you are in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's definitely medical, but it's not uh, recreational yet. Okay. But they are talking about in the works. And I tell people all the time, if it's not in your state right now, give it a year or two. It's going to be coming. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere is going to be recreational because the government has found a way to get money and they can benefit from it. And they control the licenses. Which is a good and bad thing, though, right? Because we talk about how many people of color are involved in this licensing, how many trans folks, how many, I mean, all yeah. of that, right? So how deep yeah. in it are you? Like, do you, you have a business? I don't have a business per se. I'm just a specialist. You know, I help people through their journey. I can guide you. I can, you know, I, I'll put it like that. I guide people and I help them through their cannabis journey and finding what they want. But no business yet, per se. It is something that I have been trying to put together and wanting to do because it is uh, very important to me to see other People like me in the industry, which I don't see at all. And when I say people like me, black and trans, I don't see many at all. Like, I I do know Big Frida is in the cannabis industry, but she's not trans. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 
I I pray. I pray that one day I can get legal and licensed. I'm trying to do things now to get legal and licensed and working it, go towards that, but they making it very hard for us. You know what I mean? It's like that's like anything, right? <laughs> making mm-hmm. it extra hard for us. So yes, so are. speak so speak more on your business, uh, the business aspect of it that you do do. So so I saw on your your Instagram, Smoke Up Buffalo. What is that? Smoke Up Buffalo. How can I put it? It's like um, dispo, dispo on wheels, but we more so do events. Uh, we can carry everything from Eddie's Kool Aid, concentrate, um, flowers, you name it. We can get it in. But I will say we are very limited. Like I don't. I don't take on everybody. I don't service everybody. I don't, I just don't. And it's just because like, everybody money ain't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, just because they got money, I don't, I don't need the business. Like it don't even be worth it. And the way I do things, it's more so an experience rather than your plug or a dispo. It's real life and experience. I literally... Almost every person I work with, every person that I, you know, I speak with that our clients, patients, as we like to say of ours, um, I can tell you about them, what they like, what they look for, what's going on. If they have back pains, they, you know what I mean? I can literally break everything down. And I like that. I like that it's so hands-on and it's so, I can tell you about everyone and know exactly what they like, you know? So, so is this kind of like, uh, is it kind of like a party planning type of thing where you plan an event and it's like these people going to be here or are you like you is specifically catered to a person? Okay. No, it's just a person. Like I have different patients and they tell me, you know, what's going on, what they looking for, what they like. And we go from there. I tell them this is what I have right now or you know what I mean? And simple as that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, this is Sean Aaron. I'm the founder and executive director of Them Boys, Inc. I am also the host of Them Boys podcast. As you may know, Them Boys provides financial assistance to trans men of color in order for them to obtain gender affirming surgery. We have great news. We're currently looking for volunteers to help support our programs. Our programs include our gender affirming surgery grant program and also our personal care package program. We personally curate packages filled with personal hygiene items, just to name a few things like tissue, soap, towels, toothpaste, and toothbrushes. We mail them out to trans men of color across the country who may be in need of help caring for their personal hygiene needs. We are looking for volunteers to help raise funds to support our programs. Also, we're looking for someone locally to the Bay Area to help us put all of the care packages together. If our mission is something that resonates with you and you would like to help support our work, just let us know. You can send an email to hello at themboys.org. That is H-E-L-L-O at D-E-M-B-O-I-S dot org. And we will get back to you with further details. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy the next episode. So widely people try to try to discredit cannabis, right? The cannabis mm-hmm. industry. Maybe you they were a teenager and like, oh, we use, yeah, I'm going to say cannabis. We use weed or we use cannabis to get high. So that's what people are doing with it now. They're just getting high. 
you know, how, what, how would you speak to somebody like it's beyond that? It's it's different from that. What would be your way of communicating that to somebody? Uh, simply that it's, it's not how it used to be back then. Back then, people smoked weed and was uneducated on it. And back then, we probably what we call Zaza and loud wasn't even as easy to get as it is now because I remember when I was first smoking weed it was like um not reg but like AZ you get a quarter for like 50 bucks but it was it was fire but that's what we used to smoke back then and if you wanted loud loud was like 50 dollars an eight that was like some oh that's top tier you know what I mean? break, break that down for folks listening that, don't, that is not familiar with that so AZ and then loud what, what would those so be? you got different types of flowers when i say flowers uh weed you got kush regular reg reg az uh loud zaza but in all honesty you got outdoors you got indoors you got exotics you got uh cocoa soy organic grows you got um hydroponic grows where it's just growing out of water like it's so many types of different grows you can do now to this day probably half of that wasn't even thought of back then like being completely honest like yeah, <laughs> yeah like or even the terminology strange. for it right yeah definitely so there's there's different strands different benefits you want to speak more on that for folks that's like, you know what? I've been thinking about it. Maybe I'm not a, I'm not a cannabis smoker or like educate people. When it comes to cannabis um, and the classifications for like uh, benefits, um, you got indica, sativa, and hybrid. Indica is going to be your downer. So when we say indica, we say in the couch because it's going to make you sleepy. It's going to give you the munchies. You know, it's going it's going to put you down. And then you got sativa, which is the total opposite. It's going to keep you up. I call it the cleanup drug. Because you know what I mean? Like, when you when you want to clean up and you need that boost, oh, the sativa going to get you there. The right music, the right sativa blunt or like whatever Saturday you got. morning? Yeah. That thing going to keep you up. You're going to be like, oh, my Lord. All of this from this. But then you got hybrids. And I like hybrids because hybrids is so versatile. You can get a true hybrid that's 50-50, which is 50 indica, 50 sativa. But you can find hybrids that's sativa dominant, meaning it's a hybrid, but the sativa is a little more a little more than indica. So it might be 60% sativa, 40% indica. And some people like that because it's not as severe and hard as a true sativa is but you still get those sativa benefits from that hybrid. And the same thing comes from an indica-dome hybrid. 60% indica, 40% sativa. Still a hybrid, but you're going to get those mild indica benefits that you will get, and it won't be as hard as an indica, a true indica. But that's like the basics. Like Once you get that, you can literally guide your way through uh, cannabis. And that even goes for edibles because edibles now are coming out and they're indica and sativa uh, based. And, you know, you can base them off of that. I tell people all the time, start slow. Never go to concentrates first because concentrates, that's a whole different ball game. 
the black market, when it comes to black market on concentrates, are terrible. And the same thing for flowers, too, because there's people out there selling people hemp sprayed with fentanyl. And it is killing people. And because people plugs or whatever you want to call it are not educated and don't know what to look for, don't know what to do, don't know what it smells like. You know what I mean? They're, they're not educated on the plant themselves, but actually wanting to get a buck. And that's it. Yeah. They're selling it to you. And you don't even know. You just paid $4 for an eighth that's, that could possibly kill you. That's and that's serious. $40 for an eighth. Oh, I thought you said $4. You. I was going to say, I don't want shit for oh, $4. No. That's a trick right oh, no. there. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I got you. <laughs> you can you can save about $40 for an eighth and it could possibly kill you. Like, I literally just spoke to somebody and she said her cousin died because he smoked weed that was laced with fentanyl. Like, it's serious. That's it's real serious. Yeah. And they do the same thing with concentrates and when it comes to concentrates, because it takes so much, you got to put butane in it, and then you got to flush it out. You can't just trust anybody to do that, real, like being completely honest. And this is something that you're consuming and you're putting into your body. Yeah. Just make sure your source know what your source is doing and educate it. Because, again, this ain't nothing to play with. And everybody and their mama trying to get in this industry. I done seen so many people uh, was yesterday. <laughs> driving buses today they got a logo and they make edibles okay like <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> that's, i am just yeah. saying yeah that's real though that's just like you wouldn't you wouldn't go to a doctor that just became a doctor in two days right nah i don't want a doctor that got c's either you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like you no, gotta be real. careful where you trust in your body and your health you know you can't just give it away to anybody <laughs> you gotta be careful because everybody yeah. don't have your best interests yeah, people be so like naive because it is weed, as they say. It's weed. It's something for it's it's regular on the street. You always got them corner boys that yo, I got dimes, oh I got loud, yo, I got eggs. But you still to this day gotta be careful because a lot of people don't even be knowing what they got. Yeah. For real, for real. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. They don't be knowing. So I just tell people all the time, if you don't hear nothing else I say. Make sure your plug know what they got. Know that you know what you got. Yeah. For real. I tell my people all the time, if you feel like I don't know something, I mean, if you feel like you you, you have to question me, question me. Question me. Because you know what? You put me on my P's and Q's. If anything, I don't know the answer. You making me research it. So guess what? Now I'm getting the knowledge for it. So if somebody else to come across, they ask me, I know it. Yeah. I ain't mad at that. I, I respect it. Yeah. So my question, you said that you want to get into the industry more, more, more deeply. And so as a, a trans man of color, um, how do you feel like that transition to get into the business? Cause you said like, right. They, they, they pick you with their licenses. Do you, how do you yeah. feel about that? Uh, honestly, I'm trying. I ain't going to stop until I get it. That's how I feel. Like that's something I want. I want to go legal. I want to do it legally. That's my whole thing. I want to be legal. I want to be legal. I want to be legal. Because this is something I can definitely tell you. I have a passion. Like, I I love what I do. I didn't say so many lives and help so many people and change so many people's perceptions of cannabis. Because I'll never forget when I first started. Some people, oh, you, even my mom, we, 
Mm-hmm. You you try to sell drugs? And it took for her to come to an event. I did. She had her smoke up buffalo t-shirt. She was behind the table. She was like, oh my God, when your next one? You oh my God, you know this stuff so well. And they know, oh my God. And she she it was a it was a I don't know, it was a proud moment for her. Like a lot of people just think it's a drug and it's just like, nah, man. Once you know what you're doing and what you're talking about, man, you'll be surprised how 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 you can help so many people with just this one plant. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. To be honest with you, my own personal belief, this is just my own personal opinion. Please, nobody get upset about my opinion. But I, I just think it should be legal in general. I, I honestly believe all drugs should be legal. Why? Because people going people gonna to do it regardless. I would rather have people doing it in a responsible way. Doing, you know, just like you said, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you never know what other people. I rather just people doing it in a responsible way because people are gonna do it regardless. So yeah. let's just make sure everybody is doing it. I don't think people should be getting prison time for it either. I don't think people oh, should be, uh behind definitely. bars for possession. I don't. That's just me, my opinion. You yeah. know, we all have our own opinions, but I just and, and especially just like the epidemic across this country, just drugs and just you know, what I mean, um, I feel like yeah, it can be monitored. And give it to people in, in in reasonable amounts and and hey government if you want to take a little couple of dollars off the top that's cool but let me just do what I'm gonna do anyway period and leave me the hell alone. yeah I mean but granted I did remember when the government they gave out those uh, I don't know if it was in New York State I think it might have been New York State they gave out those fentanyl like packages care packages or something like that for people that used. And I'm going to hold you. I felt the type of way. I'm like, well, why ain't getting no 420 pack? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's April. Why didn't I get a 420 pack? You could have put a little pre-roll, a little one-hitter, a little piece of edible in there, and I would have been good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, hey, I get it. Whatever. <laughs> you can't make everybody happy, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I like that. I like that. So, yeah. do you do you know any other uh, Black or any trans uh, individuals that's in in the business heavily who own businesses that we that folks that um, use cannabis should be supporting legally. No, that's legal. No. Okay. And even even on the illegal side, I know it's like one other brother. I can't remember his name, and he's like, how can I say it? He. He and I, I put it he in the same boat as me. We just trying to do do it right, get it right. You know what I mean? But I don't I don't see too many of us at all in this industry. So I just be trying to get out there more. And even when it comes to community wise, I I be sending out like little care packages to people within the community with in the acronym. Um like Big Frida, I sent her a care package, uh Lagandra Stranger. From RuPaul's Drag Race, I sent her a care package. Buck Angel, I actually did an interview with Buck Angel, and I sent him a, a care package as well. And he he then became like a cool friend of mine. He like, man, whenever you go legal, let's do it. We can do a collab. You put my name on it. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. That's dope. I can't wait. Like, so I just be trying to network and get things in line. So when that day comes, and it is legal. It's coming. It go. And it's going to keep coming. 
Yeah. And it's going to keep coming crazy, but yeah. in due time, due time in prayer. Yeah, in prayer. I hear that. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Let's go back. Let's go way back. So when we were talking about the names that chose you. So you go by <laughs> Uncle Bob. Is there a reason for that? Like, how did that name, how did you get that name? Well, Bob is my name. Yeah. And Uncle, it was just, I'm, I'm old, so I'm very oh, old. are you? I, I'm not old. I'm not old. I'm only 28, but I am a very old. So, like, my friend, my best friend, she'd be mad when she in the car with me. She'd be like, dude, turn this off. Like, the whispers, the OJ, <laughs> Diana Ross. That's my That's what I listened to. Like, I swear, I was a pimp in my past life, in the 80s or something like that, 80s, 70. Like, Cause I be listening to all that, and it's it's good music to me. I love it. That's that's me. But I'm really a old. <laughs> My wife called me an old man, cause I am. <laughs> you know how I knew you was you was an old soul. Very first that? thing you said, cause you said I don't go out nowhere. I was like, oh yeah, this this is an old motherfucker right here. <laughs> Anybody who say they don't go out, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you, you old, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I rather sit in my house, pour me a drink, turn my music on. And kick it in the house. I'm because I don't know. The world ain't safe no more. Real like being honest, you you could be at the corner store. You could be de- driving down the street. Anything can happen at any time. Granted, you know I do go out occasionally, but even if I go out now, by one thirty, not even what twelve thirty, when everybody coming in, I'm walking out. <laughs> Once it get too packed, let's get out of here because it's always something bond to happen like it's always something that's gonna happen and i just don't be having time for that i just want to have a good time enjoy myself and get up out of there yeah i hear that so what so did you have have you had any gender affirmance surgeries i've had top surgery um i do want bottom surgery but um me and my wife want to have kids and she's never uh we just don't know if she can conceive. She's never been pregnant before. So we want to weigh it out and see before I do what I do mm. and do the whole bottom surgery. Because I will. And I told her, and I've been very open. I think I talked about that with Buck. Um, Let's talk about it. Yeah, I will. I will carry. You definitely. Carry. Yeah, I will, I will put it like this. I will carry. I will want to have one child of us carrying because I do want to adopt kids. Especially kids with like special needs, I feel like it is so hard for them when they're in adoption to go to a home, like a good home that's actually going to take care of them and not looking to just get their check. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely want to adopt the kids with special needs, but I want me and my wife to be able to experience the actual somebody being pregnant, late night cravings. Oh, my feet hurt. You know what I mean? Like actually yeah. Yeah. experience that. I would rather it be her. But in, if then she cannot, and you know we done try everything we can, I'll do it. Let's talk that, about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that actually, because not too many. I know. Trans I know. We'll do it. Yeah. Will openly say that, and will openly do that. Let's talk about that. Like the the because yeah, you know why they won't do that. Why they won't do it because they're worried about how society sees them. And to be honest with you, I am comfortable with who I am. I know exactly who I who I am. I was born with these parts, okay? So 
if me and my wife want to use them so we can have kids, that is our business. That ain't none of y'all business. It is what it is. Like, why why are you not questioning a, a I'm not even saying, yeah, a lesbian that goes out and get pregnant. Y'all not questioning her because she she dressed feminine or whatever the case may be. I have these parts. Whether I am trans or cisgender and I present as I was born as, these are our parts. And I'm going to use them how I see fit. Because they're yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you what to do with your parts. <laughs> so don't worry about what I'm doing with my parts, you know? I love that. I love that. That's that's golden for sure. For, for sure. Real. I you know what? I'm gonna be real with you. I I I me personally, I couldn't do it. I don't know why I couldn't get past that stigma. I couldn't get past that. But you not not just the stigma, though. I ain't gonna even lie to you. That has never been something I wanted to ever do in my life. And I talked on yeah. a previous episode how I uh I uh went through labor because I was given medicine because I wanted a, a IUD. And after that, Mm -hmm. I said, oh, hell no. It has been proven that I know I didn't want to do this and it ain't happening. So I would never do that. So me personally, I don't think it has anything to do with the stigma per se, even though that's a lot. That is a lot to process and a lot to deal with. Because you know what I realize nowadays? People always got some shit to say. Yeah. Always got something to say. And so you have to really have tough skin. You have to really be secure in yourself. You have to really be sure what it is that you want for you and your partner and you and your body to stand strong against folks that always got something to say. For me personally, I won't say that it's it's the stigma. I won't say that because I I don't really live by that. But I will say that I know I don't want to go through that. I don't want to. I don't even like to prick my. And that's respectable. And that's and that's respectable too. And when it comes to my trans advocacy, I always tell people just like everybody in this world when it comes to being trans we are all different okay yep absolutely what he likes is what he likes it ain't gonna be the same in what i like and i find myself doing that a lot especially when it comes for because i how can i put it I, I defend some of my gay brothers in the experience because i hear all the time well why would you transition if you're gonna still like men Okay, first, (laughs) transitioning has nothing to do with my sexuality. It has something to do with my identity, who I feel comfortable as. When I go out into this world, what I'm presenting to you, I present a male or I present a woman. You know what I mean? I'm presenting myself to you. This is who I am. But when it comes to my sexuality, just like cisgender people and living their life as what they were born as, they can be gay, they can be bisexual, they can be queer, they can be all of that. So why can't trans people do that? Mm. My identity has nothing to do with sexuality. You have sexuality and identity. It's two different things. Two different things. And people be getting them confused as one. Uh Uh-uh. Let me tell you something. (laughs) And it just goes back to people minding their own goddamn business. You do what you do in your life. You not, I won't even say do what you do in your life. Do what makes you happy. And yeah. I'm gonna do what makes me happy. And we can just mm-hmm. coexist in this world. This is just too much judgment, too much everything. Everybody everywhere. And, and I always like to say people thumbs get a whole lot of courage. People be on Instagram mm-hmm. with them little thumbs just typing shit that you would never mm-hmm. say to somebody in their face. It's like, think before you That's speak all. and let somebody live their life. If somebody is happy and being true to who they are, I what can I say? Who am I? Right. Has right. nothing to do with so, me. 
Be happy. Just like you said, our journeys are different. I may not, I won't say that I may not understand what you do. I don't have to understand it because it's not my life, right? I'm just happy yeah. for you and however you do your life and just be happy for me however I'm doing my life over here. And that's just that's it, a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's a fact. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, what advice would you give to somebody if they like, you know what? I, I thought about it, but I just can't get it. I don't know if I could carry, but I really want to have a child. What would be your advice to somebody to kind of like get over that little, that blockage or that little hump? I mean, real to be honest with that type of situation, if it's not for you, it's not for you. I feel that's, that's really how I feel. If it's not for you, it's not for you. And there's so many different ways. Cause if you say, for instance, you and your partner, your partner can't carry. Cause you, you know what I mean? If your partner can't carry, you your partner isn't able to carry like because they they don't have a uterus and stuff like that. You know, you can get a surrogate. You can do adoption. There's so many different ways of having a, a child. But for me, that's what I'm going to do because I want to have that moment with my wife. I want us to experience that. But it ain't going to be me first. We will try her to the extreme. You know what I mean? Like we gonna make <laughs> like sure. the last resort. <laughs> make me yes, the last the resort. Ve- yes, the very last. <laughs> I got you. Daddy laugh. I got you. I got you. But I, mm-hmm. I, I commend you for for speaking on that and in the willingness to do that. Um, because you're right. Like if you choose to do it and you got the parts, why not? Right? You know. Yeah. And it it, it I, I commend you for that. And I just I hope it happened either way. You know, I really love to see folks have children that really want to bring children into this world. Um, yeah. Children is a blessing. Uh, my son is not a baby anymore, but he's about to be 26. Oh, but, yeah. But I think raising a child and bringing somebody into this world is very, uh, it's its a powerful thing. Powerful. So this is the part of the show then where I like to ask the guest a random question. I got a list of questions. Um, I'm still at 29 questions now. I haven't came up with any new ones recently, but these are all random. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night I'm like, ooh. That's a good question. And I wake up, grab my phone, put it on the list. So the questions may or may not have anything to do with what we talked about today. So just pick a number between one and 29 and I'll reach you that question. 20. Okay. So this was a, a question that was actually uh, brought up by a listener. And so this person's name is Question and they're from Boisman, Montana. And so the question was, what yeah. has it been like being seen and treated as a black man? Oof, Jesus. It it has its ups and downs. I will be honest. It has its ups and downs. Because in certain aspects, you get that um, you know, like manpower, like that male privilege. You get that male privilege. You get that. But for the most part, I'm gonna be real. It it be rough. It be scary. Because especially when it comes to the cops and the industry that I'm in, doing what I do, it be rough. Like, granted, I never forget I had went to uh, I end up going to jail for a blunt in a car in Pennsylvania, and I was terrified. I was in a hick town. It was the beginning of my transition, and I. How can I put it? Even with me not, you know, not having a deep voice, not having facial hair, I still told people, hey, I know what this thing said. I know what this documentation say. 
but it's he, him, Bob. And when I went to jail, I thought they was gone. Ooh-wee, because you got to understand, this hit town, it was like 500 people, 500 people population, and out of the 500, only six of us, if not five, was Black, and we weren't there because we were traveling nurses. We would get watched while we were in Walmart, any grocery store we went into. It was just terrible. So when, when I ended up going to jail, I'm like, yo, they going to they gonna get me. I'm, I might not see it in the morning. But surprisingly, and I will say this, surprisingly, <clears throat> it was very, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, they were very respectable. The guy who took me in, he called me my pro. He said he him. He called me my preferred name. When we got to the holding, uh, holding cell, I guess you want to say. I ain't never been to jail, but then. <laughs> holding cell. Uh, it was a lady that came up and she was like, hey, I know what you prefer to be, but because your documentation says you're legally still a female, I have to pat you down. And, you know, I have to do your check. And I'm just like, all right, you know, that's cool. I respect that. And she even pulled me to the side and it wasn't like done in front of everyone. You know what I mean? So I I can say I respected it, but it's still like just being a black man in society in general, whether you trans or cisgender, it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's, that is definitely for sure scary. And I actually talked about this in my episode. I think it, I believe it was episode five, transforming masculinity. I actually answered this question um, mm-hmm. um, that was presented. And I, everything that you're saying, except for the jail part, I don't, I've never been. I've never been arrested. Well, I have been arrested. I'm lying. When I was 18, but that's a whole another story. Another story. Know. I already know. <laughs> but uh, the one thing for me about being a black man, I'm gonna say the one thing that worries me is probably about the same thing that you said is about the police. You know, and now it's like it, with with my license has changed. Everything has changed. So it's not, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, you know, you don't get to explain, hey, wait a minute, you know, mm-hmm. no, it's just on site, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be very scary, very dangerous. And it's mm-hmm. different from walking around as a Black woman, even though Black women get the same, but it's different as a Black man. It's you mm-hmm. seen as dangerous and and it's just and violent or yeah. you know, do something to somebody. So it, it it plays tricks on your psyche, really. And just for mm-hmm. people that's listening who are non-black folks or who may be allies or whatever, when when you see somebody and you lock your door or you grab your purse, we see that. Mm-hmm. And 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 in, in reality, it fucks up. <laughs> It really does that somebody can portray you as something of ready to do something you had no you had no idea of no thinking of doing. Yeah. At all. Yeah, and so. yeah, I gotta agree with that. I definitely it's your psyche for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So hey, any advice that you would like to give someone? Uh, any advice, anything that you like to say to the folks that's listening? I always say let people be people. That's like my number one thing. Let people be people. Simple. <laughs> Just let people be people. It ain't got nothing to do with you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, keep it moving. If they, if they, it's three major F's in my life, okay? Feeding, fucking, and financing, okay? You're not doing none of the three. You ain't got nothing to worry about. 
And on that note, that's that's a good place to close. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on Always. the show. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Sure, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for real. Sure. Thank you for listening to today's show. Once again, I'm your host. My name is Sean Aaron. Be sure to like, be sure to share this show out with folks in your networks. If you would like to connect with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. You can also visit our website at demboys.org. That's D-E-M-B-O-I-S.org. If you think you will make a great guest on the show, or maybe you have a question for myself or a future guest that you would like to hear answered on the show, please send an email to hello at themboys.org. That's H-E-L-L-O at themboys.org. Until next time, take care. Thank you.